Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which might be the vehicle that takes you through the journey. Each week, I will be talking to those mentors who have paved the way for many, many coaches, players, and successful business people. Most of these people have authored books and papers on tennis and life, and they continue to give back today, and this is why... I'd like to interview them on a broadcast because this is what life's about. Uh, I forgot who it was, a famous actress that says the reason we give two hands, one was to pick yourself up and the other one was to help other people. Um, She's Audrey Hepburn, I think it was. Forgive me, it might not be, but I think it was. My wife, Bobby, often... uh, praises her and talks about it, but I believe that's who it was. Now, who are these mentors that you might ask? Well, the first Thursday of the month, it's uh, Alan Fox. The second Thursday, which is today, it's Coach Chuck Reese. The third Thursday, it's Dr. John Murray. And on the fourth Thursday, it's either Coach Scott Williams or Linda LeClaire. And on those fifth Thursdays when they uh, occur or when one of our uh, mentors, normally monthly mentors, cannot make it because they're doing some other work someplace else, you might hear some of the people that, well, that you've heard the last three years, people like Ashley Hobson, Shelton Cruz, uh, Florida Tennis uh, Magazine founder and editor Jim Martz, Coaches like uh, Coach Bobby Payless, uh, Tom Farham, uh, could be uh, PTR and USPTR members, or even their executive uh, directors, Dan Santorum and John Emery. Both of them have been on uh, in the past. And, of course, dozens of other college coaches, USTA officials, industry leaders we've been blessed to have on, and um, we're thankful for all of them because, they are who make this broadcast. I understand how old I am and that I don't. I was not blessed with a radio voice, but uh, the good shows are the shows that I do the least amount of talking with. And uh, I'm sure today will be one of those shows when uh, the great coach Chuck Creasy comes on. But because I do believe Dr. King's statement, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, time permitting each week, I will add my personal views on tennis and life. And naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through high schools and colleges. Unfortunately, we have too many... uh, Tennis pros and uh, officials telling them you don't need to uh, play high school tennis, you don't need to go to college, and uh, college used to be the training ground for the American uh, tennis uh, players, and when we had um, when we were dominant in uh, tennis, and maybe uh, the Almighty will and it'll. Uh, come back to that again. Besides our weekly conversation, the Almighty Willing, you will also be able to continue reading my views on Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I've previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me. I don't understand why you would disagree with me, but I know some people do. No, seriously, I give you my point of view, and our guests will give you their point of view, and we respect your point of view. So um, if you sit there and uh, let me know there, I will sit and um, try to make sure I let people know that uh, my point of view is not uh, necessarily the predominant point of view. You can email me at coachdenise.fhstca at att 
www.thepressmag.net. And who knows, you may see your views in Florida Tennis Magazine, or you may hear them on um, one of our uh, Coach Denise Sharon Tennis Blessings broadcast on uh, the Blog Talk Radio. But uh, I do believe that uh, we need to listen to each other. Uh, too often, I fear that uh, we listen just long enough for a time to interrupt to put uh, our own views in, and uh, we don't uh, try to give equal consideration to arguments. And I think that's important. Everybody has a point of view. Uh, if you really believe in it, which I think is important because for something to be good, I think you really have to believe in what you're doing, then you're, um, you're going to sit there and fight for uh, your beliefs. And uh, I think it, we can get more out of things if we try to give equal consideration uh, to uh, the argument in general. Uh, today, you're going to hear... Uh, a different point of view that some people will not be comfortable with. And uh, I normally, uh, when I talk to Chuck uh, Creasy, I like to take from his book, uh, Coaching Tennis, because I do believe it was one of the outstanding uh, books, and uh, it's uh, there's a lot of great lessons in there. But today, our broadcast is going to be a little uh, different. I'd like to also thank J.P. Weber, the Yellow Ball CEO, uh, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you're missing out on some useful information. I would recommend it. Uh, just like I uh, thank uh, Wilson Tennis. As you know, I come from 20 years of uh, coaching uh, tennis after uh, – coaching uh, basketball in the, in the past, and uh, Wilson Tennis has been uh, very supportive of the high school programs uh, when we were running our uh, FHS-TCA All-Star uh, Tournament for the high school seniors. Uh, they were a great contributor, as was uh, Team Connection, uh, who reminds us that uh, tennis fuels life. Uh, those players and coaches always look great because they were fitting them with uh, clothing. And I suspect that uh, Wilson and Team Connection would probably be willing to uh, do it again if fast and if the All-Star Tournament returns. I think it would be a crying shame if it doesn't return. And uh, including that, that group really should be Flagler Insurance. Uh, they understand that our future leaders are now in high school. So it's, uh, it's important that we, I believe it's important that we sit there and try to uh, get, well, speaking of tennis, our tennis players in the high school and into uh, our colleges, and, and that we recognize that, Competition is not a dirty word. Competition is something they're going to be doing the rest of their life. And uh, our high school tennis and high school uh, college tennis uh, should be uh, competitive and those support them. This is what they should look at. And I should include all sports in that because I do believe that uh, sports will help you through your journey in life. Naturally, I have a bias towards basketball and tennis because that's where I uh, come from. Uh, but uh, I, all the sports are going to help you with your journey through life. But uh, I'd also like to mention that if you're not uh, subscribing to Florida Tennis Magazine, or someone has taken the last copy of the magazine from your pro shop, you can always find my articles in the last issue at www.fhstca.org. Uh, and, of course, you might also uh, find some of Jim Bart Mark's articles um, as well as mine uh, and other uh, information that comes up in between uh, the, the magazine being um, coming out uh, on the uh, Florida Tennis Facebook page. So look for it on uh, 
you're when you're on Facebook, uh, you'll get caught up with a lot of information and uh, uh, not only uh, Florida information, but information from across the country and well, really across the world. But uh, you know, let's face it: much of tennis today comes through Florida, and this is Florida tennis uh, magazine is not just. Uh, talking about the Florida uh, things that are going on, but they're talking about uh, other things, too. um, We should have uh, Coach Chuck Greasy on any uh, moment now. Those of you that have been listening to uh, his broadcast on Wednesday, American Tennis, um, and uh, the great thing about Blog Talk Radio, of course, is if you're Miss the uh, Wednesday uh, noon broadcast. You can tune in anytime uh, to listen to it at your own convenience. I listen to it every uh, week. Uh, truthfully, uh, very few times do I listen to it live. I usually uh, uh, listen uh, to it um, early in the morning or late at night, but uh, I do listen to it all the time. And uh, one of the things that he's been talking about in the last couple of uh, weeks, he's been uh, looking for people to join him in what he calls uh, tennis patriots. Uh, He's trying to restore uh, American uh, tennis uh, to the priority that it was before. And... uh, I do think that um, those of us that have been blessed to uh, have uh, from the benefits that tennis have brought us, um, you know, I really uh, have a heavy burden on uh, us to share our experiences with others. I do not, uh, I agree with um, the general a statement that uh, the coach Chuck Greasy has made. I do uh, uh, see some different directions that he does, but I think that's what is important, that as individuals we speak up. I probably have more questions than answers. Uh, I used to be a lot smarter when I was younger, but uh, today I seem to have more questions, and I, I do think we're at a time, it's kind of uh, set off in how sports and tennis can help you through life's journey. And when you look at the journey that we're going through now in this past uh, couple of years and uh, some of the problems that we have, uh, I think those people that are I won't say more successful, but are handling the situation better. I think I probably did have had experience in sports because they've learned how to lose arguments before. Uh, they've been in battle. Uh, let's face it, we lose more times than we win, but you learn that uh, the only way you've really lost is if you give up. Uh, I've been uh, uh, recently... Uh, Bobby and I went and saw The Darkest Hour, and uh, which uh, brought me to read Churchill. And uh, interesting how a lot of times it seems like we are at points uh, in society when we are at those moments when it does seem uh, like we're in the darkest uh, hours. But uh, in reality, uh, you know, if you get up and fight, uh, you can uh, achieve a lot of things. And, of course, we all know Great Britain, uh, a a little island, uh, they bombarded and uh, uh, he refused to uh, give in to... um, Nazi Germany, uh, like he said, there was no time when everybody was saying, let's negotiate. And like he said, this is no time uh, to negotiate when your head is in the lion's mouth. Well, I I don't think we are there yet. I do think there's uh, problems that we are 
uh, facing uh, today. But uh, I, I think if we just remember, uh, every business really makes mistakes. And let's face it, uh, if we want to admit it or not, the USTA and the ITF, uh, the the Tennis Association, they're all businesses, unfortunately. They may be not started that way, but they are. And um, I've been uh, blessed to uh, not only to be a tennis coach for many years, but also a business coach. And I've often... Uh, explain that every business, because a lot of times when I've been called in, things didn't seem good, and, uh, you know, how do you correct mistakes? Well, and I've often said every business makes mistakes. Um, the most successful ones, though, are ones that plan their a slow growth, and this way they're able to change so they can reinvent themselves later on. The question is, are we at a point now uh, in tennis where it's time to reinvent ourselves again? Let's face it, and if we, those of you that have not been uh, following what's going on, uh, tennis in the last, I would say, 15 years, we always look to the, uh, the last few years, but uh, it's probably gone on about 15 years. Tennis reinvented itself uh, with the advent of uh, TV, and we're trying to naturally uh, we're trying to expand the game of tennis, and and I think that is good. And uh, being that TV is you know uh, made that big push with Wilmington and the success it was, it's logical that some people would think, well, uh, the growth has to be in marketing. And I think there's some merit in that. You can, uh, you, you know, you can sit there and look at what's going on and say that it's uh, important that we uh, market our sport properly. And I think you have to give most of um, the tennis USTA and um, as uh, they've done a pretty good job marketing tennis for the recreation. My own personal feeling is that they've uh, haven't done a good job in separating recreational tennis from competitive tennis. And my fair truthfully is. Personally, my fear is that probably after I'm long gone, that uh, the game of tennis might not be what it is today, uh, what it was, what I consider in the glory days uh, when Americans were a major part of the professional tennis. So that's my fear, and that's why, like I said, I probably have – more questions than answers, but I felt, well, you have to include me into Tennis Patriots. I do see uh, a guest on today, today's mentor, and let me just remind you, those of you that don't know uh, Coach Chuck Reese, uh, well, he's won four National Coach of the Year awards. He's coached five Grand Slam champions. He's authored six books, and like I said earlier in the broadcast, usually I like to talk to him about coaching, uh, coaching tennis, which I think was one of the great books that's still important. Uh, today we're not going to—that's not going to be the uh, subject. Uh, he has uh, nine players that he coached to Grand Slam finals. There's been uh, eleven top. 100 players on the ATP and WTA tour. Uh, and, of course, which I'm sure he's very proud of, because I know the thing I'm probably most proud of with my players is he has 31 former players that are assistant collegiate coaches. That's right, 31. Imagine that. And he's been coaching for, I think, 46 years if, uh, at the college uh, Collegiate head coach, uh, the winningest coach in ACC history, and 
he's trained over 15,000 uh, tennis players in his camps. Coach, welcome aboard. I've already explained Thanks, to the uh, audience that we're not going to uh, go into my favorite subject. is about uh, lessons from uh, coaching tennis. <laughs> so, um, I and I... I brought what I saw is a problem coming that American tennis is not going through high schools and colleges no more, and college used to be the training ground for the pros. And some of us believe there's a reason why. So would you like to take it from there? And then as well, I, you know, I have a lot of questions that people have asked, and I will, you know, if I see a chance, I'll bring them in. Yeah. John, yesterday I had on my program Coach Randy Blumendahl, who I think is one of the brighter uh, people out there. I, I said that there are ten people in the country, I think, that can coach uh, people all the way. In other words, all the way meaning the last 20%. We're very good in the U.S. at getting people from zero to about the 70th percentile. In the last 30, 20 or 30% is the hard part. And I, I, to be fair, I think a lot of the reason we're not really good at getting the finishing touch on players is that there's no profit in it. Um, you make money at clubs and at academies by catering to the after-school groups and the, the social players and the ladies' leagues and the 3.5 leagues and those things. And what happens typically is that as players get better, they don't want to pay for their lessons either. I mean, that's that's just a fact. They, they're always looking for a deal. And so what happens are amount of coaches that are – a lot of coaches call themselves high-performance coaches, but the fact, truth of the matter is that last 20 or 30% – that needs to happen isn't doesn't happen. So yesterday I had Randy Blumendahl on, and he's one of the coaches that does do a great job of taking players all the way to the, oh, gosh, he's got like five national champions, uh, gold ball players, and he's got two world champions already under his belt in junior coaching. He's only been doing it like four years now. He's just darn good at what he does. And, uh, and I had him on, and I, I asked him the question. I said, do you really believe that USTA even uh, wants somebody in the winner's circle anymore? I mean, it's like, do they really, really want someone with, with, with the things that they're doing? They're just so counterproductive. And he goes, I think they only want a player – that comes up in their system and does things their way. They want a champion that is their, that fits their mold. And I think that's very telling, and that's true. Um, I've stressed very often that we need a freeway, not just a pathway for the top players. Uh, there's a, it's, it's a freeway, but I don't think USDA wants a Freeway. I think they want their pathway, and then I think they want their credit, and that's what bureaucracies do. So um, I'm, I'm right now, and I think you might have mentioned already that uh, I've started an organization called the Tennis Patriot, American Tennis Patriots. And what I'm doing to, today was uh, a day that I was drawing up. Um, you know, guidelines and mission statements and things. But the first mission statement, the first one is, and, and you'll like this, John, it's to protect the history and the heritage of our game of tennis, our, our American game of tennis. And um, Must be done. Yeah, I mean, that, that's paramount. And I, uh, the USTA, if anybody's listening out there for the USTA, your first job should be to protect and promote the history and the heritage of American tennis. You need to help kids grow up understanding that this is a rich, great heritage of over 100 years and the multiple champions we have and teach them a lot, teach them about the game that we have, we have and what, what they do. Now, number two, I put to promote a freeway of opportunity a freeway, not a, not a pathway, but a freeway of opportunity 
by promoting freedom to play, to teach, to promote, and to run events for the game of tennis without interference. And do it in your way. In other words, what, we, what we're what doing right now, we have put a patent on everything, and everybody's gotten a little bit too cute. You know, they want USTA wants them done this way and that way and this way, and they want – they. it's ridiculous. I've been in tennis 47 years, John, and 40 years college coaching, but I wouldn't know how to tell a junior player – what tournament to sign up for, and how to do it. It's easier to get a fly to Morocco and get a travel plan <laughs> to Morocco on an airplane than it is to sign up for a junior tournament and, and to know what you're doing. It, it's, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, they, they've, they've got L1, L2, L3, blue, gray, red. Oh, is this a yellow ball tournament? No, it's a red ball tournament. Oh, no, it's an orange ball tournament. By the way, you can't play unless you wear polka-dotted underwear. And, I mean, John, it's, it's absolutely – it's crazy. It's crazy. So my number two on American Tennis Patriots is to promote a free way of opportunity by promoting freedom to play, to teach, to teach. Thanks, John. We don't want the local guy at the park – to be prohibited from teaching youngsters tennis, even if he's teaching them screwy ways. Now, some of you out there will be arguing, but teaching somebody in different ways is better than not helping them. It's better than not them not playing. Look, I played with upside-down backhand for a year and a half in tennis. I had a forehand, western forehand. I turned it upside-down because... I never had a lesson, a year and a half, and then you figure it out as you get a little bit better. So and I, I believe in fundamentals, but the point is we need the freedom to play, to teach, to promote and run events. Let's run events. If the local guy down at the park wants to put together a tournament, put it together. Now, they've got the UTR now. That's might be the saving grace of tennis, but uh, – all you coaches and players out there, think about this. Think of all the hoops that the USTA makes you jump through. You got to do the tenant under tennis. Okay, now wait a minute. I graduated out of the green ball. Now I get to use the yellow ball. If I'm good enough and I've got enough stars and enough points, I jump through all those hoops. Oh, my golly, now I got to do 12 and under. Oh, I won my division at 12 and under. I go to first year 14s, and guess what? Now I got to win the 14 and under. Whoop. Now i got to win the 16-unders. By the time the kids get there, they're about done. We, we, we need to just have a situation where you're either a good player or you're not. And, look, the rating, the UTR, I think, might be the saving grace there, but we need freedom there. Now, I put down as my third goal to energize those people's organizations and areas in the United States to embrace tennis as a sport or if they want to just a pastime for all peoples. Now, listen what I'm thinking here. Under this, my primary focus, one of them with American Tennis Patriots, folks, is going to be Small Town Tennis USA and High School Tennis. Small Town Tennis USA and High School Tennis is the sleeping giant. High School Tennis is has become... Anemic and after school activity. A completely after-school activity is what it's become. It's an after-school activity, and I, then I'm going to tell you something that's ridiculous. So, Coach Blumendahl and I were at a tournament uh, last year, two years ago. It was a big national tournament. Now it happened to be in the fall in August, and the high, local high school team was having their first practice. And, John, at the first practice, they had like 30 kids out there. John, you will not believe it, they had six dozen donuts. And all the kids <laughs> had about three donuts each. And then they went on to the court. And all of them had their Gatorade, I guess, with them, too. And all of them had their – and we had, the only thing we didn't have was sheet music to sit around and sing Kumbaya, we are, we are the world, we are friends. 
I'm guessing, Coach, that they had their free case of tennis balls from uh, the USTA to, to, no, to contribute. I'm sure they did. Uh, I'm sure they did. But, folks, folks, we look, high school tennis is anemic. It's an after-school activity. It was never this way until about 10 years ago when the USTA, in their infinite wisdom, instituted the no-cut rule. And what did we end up having? Whenever you have a no-cut rule, you end up having to take care. It's like having you have an AP English class, and because the kids are getting too smart, you put all the the not-so-smart kids in with them, and then you have to teach to the lower level, and pretty soon it's it's a joke. And and, uh, we've done it in our educational systems. Uh, and so on and so on and so forth. So I'm trying to introduce my tennis patriots, folks. Chuck Creasy at gmail.com. Chuck, K R I E S E, at gmail.com. And welcome. I will enter you with the tennis patriots. We're trying for a base of 500 to 1,000 people around the United States that really want to make American tennis great again and to get our youngsters to where this is a sport, not just an after-school activity. So, John, that's what I'm doing. I got, of course, a lot more to say, but I, I, I don't want to. Well, this is, this is going to be your broadcast, Coach. I do, The only thing I told the people before, I, you know, at one time, I think American uh, pro tennis came through the colleges, and the colleges are facing what we faced when I got into high school tennis, is don't send your kid to high school to, to play tennis. Uh, now, that, now it's don't send your kid to college to play tennis. And uh, And I think, you know, and like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, I think that time – you know, sports is a reflection of who we are and where we live. And, you know, the, Thomas Edison says, I have not uh, failed, uh, I have found 10,000 ways to, uh, that w- won't work. Well, I believe that American businesses have to go slower now and try things out to make them happen. Don't just force it. And I think, in fairness to the USTA, they're no different than, you know, what we have in the bureaucracy in our government now. And there are a lot of good, good people. Look what's happening with the uh, FBI now. And I come from a law enforcement background I'm very proud of and uh, very ashamed of what happened. And most of them are great people. But you can't – when they – a bureaucracy starts thinking they can think better than all the millions and millions of people in our country. We have problems, and now we have agencies in sports that are thinking for all of us people. And and unfortunately, your voice cannot stand alone to fight that. And we do need, and like I said at the beginning, I probably have more questions but, than answers, but... Uh, being tennis has been so good to me, I think I have no choice to become a t- tennis patriot and join your group. Hopefully, I'll be some use. Well, so thank tell you. Us yeah, more. we're gonna, we're gonna. I can't do it alone. One thing I realize is, and none of us can. We have to. Uh, and and again, you don't ever want to start something that's going to become a bureaucracy. We're going to keep the goals and the expectations very simple, and we're going to try to give people alternatives to the USTA style of doing things. And we're going to remind everyone every day that USTA does not own tennis. The tennis is not owned by anybody. And tennis will be around a lot longer than any of us if we uh, try to protect us, the uh, honor, the, the history and the heritage of the game. So what I wanted to do was give a few solutions and, all you coaches out there, I want, to, I want to try to talk to you very quickly here about small town tennis, um, small town tennis USA, and then a little bit about high school and why, I, how I think high school tennis could be a uh, 
once again, I've covered this before, but high school tennis could make a resurgence. Uh, first of all, small town tennis USA. What we have is uh, in every other sport, 74% of all professional athletes come from towns less than 50,000 people. Um, and there's reasons for that, but the primary reason is most kids want to stand out and then get out. They want to get good enough in something to get out of there and to, to uh, move on with their lives. It, uh, sports have always been an avenue to get a scholarship, to travel, to meet other people, and to broaden your world, to, to make your world a lot bigger. So the problem we have in tennis is that you often don't have someone who's uh, uh, maybe a skilled teacher in that town or brings the uh, sport of tennis to the town. Uh, tennis is not at first pop as popular as football, basketball, and those sports. And to be fair, tennis is extremely, extremely hard. We've gotten away from the standby rule that it takes five years to learn the game and ten years to be a champion. Uh, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's very much like playing the piano or the violin or something. It takes a long time to become skilled. Now, the good part of that is that once you have the skill, you have a skill for a lifetime, and it's a very unique skill. As I was a child growing up, I used to hide my tennis racket in early days and then gladly uh, prayed with it in front of me as I got better at the game because no one else could do what I could do. At first, I was ashamed of playing a sissy sport, and then as I got better at it, I was proud about carrying my racket uh, and uh, being being special in some way, very much you might as being a piano player or a violinist or something. So at the point with tennis, it takes a while. That's why in small towns it doesn't flourish. So how do we accomplish uh, it flour- making it flourish? Well, what my thought, and this kills two birds with one stone, we don't have a lot of great enough teachers coming up. Sadly, the USTA, PTR, and everything is attacking this just by trying to certify people uh, right and left. You go for a weekend program, and it's okay. That's very good. We need that. However, we don't need the regulations and the over-restrictions that the USTA and the PTR are now putting on people that, hey, you can only be a teacher if you come through us. The USTA is doing this by putting their uh, USPTA, U.S. That's a professional tennis uh, teachers association. They put it at Lake Canona, Canona, Nona, Nona place down there. They put it there, and they're very much in cahoots with the USTA. So they want to control. They don't want to. They want control more than anything. So, yeah, we need people to be certified, but really, that's not what makes a great teacher. Um, and I want to tell you what to do and then what happened to me because that's why I got into coaching. What you could do is we could use uh, – I coach at the Citadel. I did coach at Clemson before. And when I was at Clemson, my number seven, eight, nine, ten players were always good tennis players, but they weren't good enough to go out on the tour. They weren't good enough to play in the summer times, and they always were looking for summer jobs. So let's say I took my number seven player from Clemson and I contacted uh, Clinton, South Carolina community, or let's say uh, the town of, oh, golly, Westminster, South Carolina uh, Community Center, and I say, hey, I've got Joe Smith here. He'll work for you this summer for eight weeks. Your community, all he needs is a couple hundred bucks a week, needs to find a place to stay. Guess what, Joe? You're going to be in charge of the tennis program in Western, Westminster, South Carolina. Now, we will get him certified through the US, through the PTR, and the PTR certification will give Joe insurance, so you don't have to worry about that. Also, they give him fundamentals of teaching, and Joe has played tennis his whole life, but he's not good enough to be on the tour, but he will come in and rock the house, and he's going to get 50 of your kids playing tennis this summer. As a uh, high, uh, Freshman, after my freshman year in college, I was able to get a job for the Indianapolis Park Department. 
My job was to travel to 10 parks during the week, five days. I traveled two on Monday, two on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I made $2 an hour. It might have been $3 an hour. I don't know back then, but I made $2 an hour. I worked 40 hours and made $80 a week. But guess what? I got I was in charge. It was invaluable. I learned so much. I learned about giving and teaching and it was invaluable. From that day forward, I had a future in teaching tennis. Now, kids can go work camps and those things. That's where we get a lot of our our coaches from. There is a out of tennis tack and places like that up at Fairmont Fairmont, I guess up in Michigan, and then you had a place, North Carolina Wesleyan, that had tennis tech programs as a associate two-year degree. But I think that this would work great as far as training college kids to learn how to teach. It would give them leadership skills, and it would work. We have already done a trial program, folks. I've got a big trial program ready to go in four places in South Carolina, four in Georgia, four in Tennessee, and four in Indiana. And I've got four, and I've got the right people to pinpoint it there. That would be 16 towns as pilot programs. I went down to see the PTR twice. They like the program, but they they don't quite get it as far as what they really might might be able to do and the opportunity here. But what we would do is we would get small towns involved and we get small we would get tennis going in the rural area instead of listen now, folks, USTA's put ninety percent of their money into the urban areas. The inner city kids don't want to play tennis. They don't want to play tennis. They want to fit in and stay in. They don't want fit. They don't want to play tennis. Now they can play. I mean, we can keep doing that, but all the money. Again, the USTA just wants a certain profile of kids. They do not want some. I don't think they really want some country kid from Dagon, Westminster, South Carolina, to pop up and win everything. I, 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 I might be wrong. They might not care. But where I'm going with this is to say, look, those guys should be putting their money where the athletes are. In small town, small town tennis USA would work. Secondly, high school, high school. All high school does needs to start would be to change the daggone format. We need tournament tennis in high school, not this antiquated dual match stuff that does not motivate anyone. Um, the dual match stuff with the no ad scoring and the tiebreakers for the third set does not motivate anybody. It is bump and giggle, kumbaya, after school activity tennis. And I'll tell you, this is ridiculous, but can you imagine in any other sport than tennis where a college coach will never, ever, ever go to a high school event to watch a potential recruit? It just doesn't happen because it's not serious tennis. It's a, and, and we can do better. High school coaches out there, we can do better. Here's what you need to do. You need to restructure what you do and have tournaments every two weekends. Every two weekends, you bring four or six or eight teams together at a community center at one of those four or six or eight places and you do tournament tennis. You practice the rest of the time, but you do tournament tennis. And if you have to do an abbreviated season for a short period of time to make everybody feel like they are teammates and work do teamwork together, well, then so be it. But it does not – if you had tournament tennis, your better players would play. But they're not going to play dual match tennis because they can beat a kid and – 20 to 28 minutes playing no ad scoring, it's a waste of their time. It's a waste of everybody's time. And so I'm just saying there's so many things we can do there. Right now I am trying to get to some meetings with high school coaches and to try to promote tournament tennis over dual match tennis. And uh, last thing on that, 
coaches, people, all you coaches out there, players, participation mentality never breeds one champion. Champions are made by pursuit of excellence. Excellence will breed participation. Participation will not breed excellence. So, John, those are the two uh, proactive things that we really could do. And uh, it's one of the things I want to get going in, uh, you know, the Tennis Patriots, if we can get people. Folks, Chuck Creasy at Gmail, sign up for Tennis Patriots today. Got I've got 45 really, really experienced folks already. I mean, the names I've got on my blackboard have spent hundreds of years if you add up how much time they've spent uh, doing this. So, uh, John... Well, I think, you know, like I have said before, I think it's a worthwhile cause. I do think that uh, I I would just uh, remind people what I have said before, uh, try to give equal consideration to arguments, all arguments. I would suggest, and I'll make my first suggestion, is I know you're running crazy now, but as soon as you can, I do think you need to get your Facebook thing up on this because uh, yeah. I think we, rather than be like, a, and I, well, I, well, like the USTA, I think they dictate what's going on instead of listening. I think we have to be an organization, not an organization, a group that's going to respect each other and listen to each other. Until I will offer this here to you listeners, until uh, that happens, uh, you have my uh, Facebook uh, page, uh, John Denise or FHSTCA, which is the Florida High School uh, Tennis Coaches alumni, it used to be association, and uh, I will bring uh, those people, if you want to state disagreement, you can state disagreement. On the the broadcast, like I said before, I don't take uh, phone calls uh, because I'm late getting into the 21st century and it takes me too long to uh, knock somebody out of there. I will also remind you that uh, Humpty Dumpty said to Alice, we can make words mean whatever we want them to mean. Uh, that's a dangerous thing. So let's be respectful with each other. And But let's come up. If you have a, a disagreement, state it. And I, those of you that know Chuck Reese and like I know him, some even know him better, you know he will listen to you, but, you know, if you're going to give your argument, prepare to hear his argument. Go ahead, Chuck. No, John, thank you for, for saying that. And, you know, the Facebook thing, I, I the reason that I have hesitated so much putting stuff up on Facebook, I tell my team, everybody's a hero on Facebook. Everybody's a hero on Facebook. I mean, people put the stupidest stuff up there. I went to the beach with Susie. And I had a Coke, and I did this, and I did And it's just what it does, it dumbs down what real things are about. Now, to be fair, I see that it's brilliant the way it connects everyone. And I want, when I put it up there, and this is true, when when, uh, J.P. Weber started We Coach Tennis Facebook, he decided he's not. He's only going to put coaches up there because he didn't want a bunch of stuff up there that dilutes um, the real content. So we did through desensitization of too much information, which is very much like trying to drink water out of a fire hose. No one can tell what is important, what is not, what is real, what is not. I don't want to just make a point. Now this is. I want to make a difference. I don't just want to make a point. I want to make a difference so that when we put this together, this is going to be something that lasts. Coach Randy Blumendahl, myself, and Coach Gene Orlando from Michigan State, we put together what we call the Men's Division I Tennis Association 
about five years ago, and we had it rolling. We had about 35 people come and do the meetings. The ITA was wet in their pants, to tell you the truth. And they sent even people in to disrupt our meetings a couple times. It was really terrible. They took a, We had a meeting up at Kalamazoo, and they took over our time slot and pushed us out. And they, they were just terrible about what they were doing. Now, we almost got off, we, we got off the ground, and we almost went to the moon. We almost had it rolling where we would have taken over uh, Division I tennis in, with a new organization, not the ITA. And we just lacked the last ingredient of getting the right leader and getting enough funding. But I don't want this to be half-baked. When we do this American uh, Tennis Patriots, uh, it's, it's going to be something that stays and something that stands and something that works. I have been working. Well, Coach, if I can interrupt, Coach. Go ahead. And, uh, but 35 great people couldn't take that on. These other organizations are bigger. I know I belong to some 50 coaching organizations on Facebook. 95% of the stuff on there is nonsense. I go through every day, and it's so time-consuming. But it's there is 5% that's worthwhile, and that's what you respond to, and that's how you get hundreds and hundreds more. You, as great as you are, and the other coaches, uh, if, if we got 150 of us together, it isn't enough. We've got to get the word out, and we've got to be able to sit there and listen and not dictate. We, an organization, the group can't become what these other organizations is, and that in itself is a challenge because, you know, people don't like to listen no more. They want to dictate, and this is what – this is the important thing, what I have to say. And it, and it is hard. I admit that. There's times I want to comment on Facebook. I'm saying to my, what the hell are you talking about? But, you know, I don't. Unless if I see something that I think could help, then I try to do. I think you, what you're looking to do is help and preserve tennis. And that's why I'm interested. I want to, this is a great game of tennis. And those of us that have been blessed, by the game, quite frankly, we owe something to it. This is why we have two hands. One's to help ourselves up, but the other one is to help other people up. And our organization, our tennis, is not the, what it used to be on the pro tour. Do we agree or no? No, that's not even, no, no doubt about it. I mean, pro tour, it's ridiculous. I mean, I told someone today, <clears throat> that college, out of colleges in the United States, in 1986, we had 41 men and women, men or women, in the top 100 in the world that went to college, American kids that went to college. Today, we have four, one-tenth, one-tenth as many. We have Nicole Gibbs in tennis Sangren and John Isner and Stevie Johnson that went to college. Folks, name me another one if you got one. There's a couple that have been in and out maybe. But college has been very, very mismanaged and completely the wrong. It has been, become an entertainment-driven uh, programs instead of educational-driven. In other words, you want to kill your career off, just about go to college because all you'll do is party, go to go to ball games, practice two hours, and you get great equipment, and it's a nice experience, but forget about it if you ever think you're going to be good enough to play on the tour because there's not much coaching going on, and there's not very, very little experience that you get that is really going to help you out there on the tour. But how could you when you only play – one set of doubles, no ad. <laughs> it's laughable. And then then two out of three sets, no ad. I mean, come on, it's laughable. You only get to play 25 matches a year. Are you kidding me? It, it's, a, it's a joke. And it sure is doesn't need to be that way. But once again, that's what our leaders think that 
easier to pick up is going to make things better, but it's not easy to pick up is easy to put down. Hard to pick up is hard to put down. My 10-year-old daughter works harder at her dancing than most college tennis players work now. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's a, anyhow, got it. I'm, I'm going to be around as long as I can and keep working towards doing something, folks. We need you out there. All those people out there, we need you to dive in and help too. Thank you, John Denise. But all of us, this is all of us, we need to make tennis the tough sport that it's supposed to be. You know, and I mean, well, uh, thank you, Coach, gonna, for sitting, for being the leader to step up and have the courage to say, because I do know many, many people agree with us, but are afraid to say anything. And, and truthfully, at my age, and it's easier to say than, than some of the other people, but. You know, we owe it to the game. My fear is Last that college year. tennis is going to go to where we're playing. That we that Florida became a big success, one of the first uh, states right. with introducing the interplay uh, in the, the schools, you know, for the people not to John, varsity. Last, well, last I think where that's going to take us is no varsity uh, tennis no more. Yeah, listen, last, last thing on that. Remember, old people, when you get old, it's the sad thing is to say, oh, I can't make a difference. Oh, nobody cares. So you're never to look. We need to, as older people, we need it's it's we need to use our experience, our wisdom, and to put. Listen, Winston Churchill didn't become prime minister of England until he's 65. Colonel Sanders was 67 years old before he got content. Johnny Wooden was 60 years old. So you old folks out there, we need your wisdom. We need your energy. The young folks get afraid. The young folks just want to fit in. You guys who are millennials or just getting started, come on. Toughen up, man. Toughen up. If you you guys are the 20, the 30s out there, if you think that all of a sudden when you're 45, you're going to stand up for what is right and what is not, you get another – Thing coming because you better get you better get out of the habit of trying to boat ride and just get along. If you do that, you're never going to be a leader. Now the, the people in the middle, you got the golden handcuffs on. And I've often told people my hardest years working at a state school were years 23 or so to 30. Oh my golly. You know, I get canned then or something doesn't work out well, I lose my pension. That's a tough one, guys, I know, but try not to be a boat rider. We need you to stand up, speak out, address issues, not people. Address issues, stay professional. You don't address people. Don't address people, but address those daggone organizations. You can tell. You can call the USDA anything you want. The ITA, a bunch of tennis bums. You know, and you know, I've been in college for 40 years. You ITA tennis bums is who you are, you know. And, and coach, you guys we killed the show this. We killed the show this evening, Coach. And I appreciate you <laughs> okay, taking yeah. the time. And as yeah, I said at the beginning of the broadcast, that uh, most of the times you will hear my commentary at the end. But uh, you're not going to hear it uh, this evening because, uh, well, for one thing, your commentary, Coach, I agree with most of those things, so (laughs) I don't feel like I've cheated you out of anything today. But like I said, it's only on those occasions where we have time, and this message was too important uh, today. Next week we have uh, Dr. Uh, John Murray uh, on, uh, with us, and this should be an entertaining uh, broadcast, uh, uh, not only a clinical uh, psychiatrist, but a sports, and, uh, you know, God, uh, maybe not more than ever we need people to get their head on straight, but thank you for uh, listening. Please uh, listen to Wednesday's broadcast with Chuck Creasy. Remember, the nice thing about Black Talk Radio is you can listen anytime you want. I listen to American Tennis every week. Uh, I very seldom uh, listen uh, live because I'm doing too many things during the middle of the day. It's usually the first thing in the morning or late at night. 
Please tell your friends to listen. Have a blessed week. And uh, I, with the Almighty Willand, we'll be talking again next week. Bye now. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Thank you, Coach. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.